You're about to listen to a message of Foundation of Truth Assembly. May the word you hear bear fruit in your heart now and always. Thank you, Jesus. Almost oh, High God, we cannot thank you enough. We cannot praise you enough. We thank you for the privilege of being called your children. You died and rose again and you brought us into the family of God. And because of you, we have access. We are chosen. We are loved. And we are gifted. Because when you descended, you didn't ascend empty-handed. You came up with gifts and you gave gifts to men. And you made men gifts to the body. Lord, we bless your holy name because we are partakers of your divine nature. We thank you, Lord God, for the privilege that we have even to gather. Because we know when we gather, we are not alone. You are with us in accordance to your word. So, Lord, we trust you for this morning again that you will continue to be with us beyond the songs, beyond the time of worship, via songs, via dancing, and every other thing we have done. Lord, we pray that you will speak to us now in the name of Jesus Christ. Lord God, we ask that you give us a kind of ears that will hear you. Not just hear, but the ones that obey you in the name of Jesus. Grant us understanding that the seed word will take root in our lives and will produce the kind of fruit that you desire in the name of Jesus. To you alone be all praise and glory. In Jesus' mighty name we have prayed. Amen. God bless you. Put your hands together for Jesus. It is a beautiful, beautiful new day. And we give God praise for an opportunity to be here again. Indeed, many are called and few are chosen. It is not of him that wills, not of him that runs, but of God that shows mercy. It's by the mercy of God that we are here today and we do not take this privilege for granted. We thank God for you, every one of you, every single one of you that has faithfully been part of this since we started. You know yourselves and the Lord knows you. I pray from the bottom of my heart that the grace of God will continue to keep you in the name of Jesus Christ. We will not be discouraged. We will not be distracted. We will not be disillusioned. We trust that the Lord will help us again today as we go further into the series that we started a couple of weeks back. If you recall, we started that series on revealing Jesus, the series we titled, I Am. I Am. And we have seen a number of I Am statements made by the Lord Jesus Christ himself in the gospel according to St. John. And so today we go further. Last week was Easter, and I'm I'm sure we have also heard from many sources that Jesus mentioned that other I Am statement. I am the resurrection and the life. And I trust that you have seen him in that dimension in the various services that we must have attended. And we, we trust that we'll be able to build on that today. Today we go to the next I Am statement in the book of John. And it is, I am the door. So the topic for today's uh, message is, I am the door. And it's in continuation of what we started. If you recall, when we started this series, we, we said that it's going to be a book study in one way. And another way is going to be a character study about the character of Jesus. Where he described himself using different I am statements. You recall like Exodus chapter 3 verse 14 where Moses had an encounter with the Lord and he told him, I am that I am. So Jesus, the Son of God, 
also while he carried on his physical earthly ministry he made several of such statements i am this i am that and we've taken a look at some of them so today our focus is going to be on another imagery and again we've seen earlier that the way he speaks he uses symbols imagery so here he says i am the door and the question is what door are you talking about where does this door open into you know a door is an interface between two environments so what is the environment on the outside what is the environment on the inside what is the access protocol how can we use this door what kind of key do we need to use on this door do we need a key on this door when we do enter this other environment behind the door what do we see how can we come out is it a one-way door can we go in and come out what would we find this is what we're going to be focusing on today and we're going to be zooming in on the book of john chapter 10 the book of john chapter 10 this book is a very technical book you know you read through the book of john and it's an easy read to be to be honest a book that i have told us earlier that i, I started reading as a child it's very easy to run through the book of john but when we are studying it's something different because there you see a lot of deep biblical truths expounded or hidden in the same book of john if you look at john chapter 10 you will see three different metaphorical imageries that um were at play right from the first verse of the book of john if you go from verse 1 and run to verse 6 jesus christ used an imagery and that imagery is actually related what you have in verse 1 to 6 is very related to what you have in verse 7 and 8 and 9 which is one set then you have another related imagery from verse 10 to verse 18 please follow me we will do our best to peel it one after the other today as we see these three related imageries and the imagery is around sheep is around shepherd is around thieves hirelings is about the door so you can if care is not taken mix up the three metaphors they are different they are different they are related because their thoughts appear to be continuous but you remember in the fashion in which this happened and this is why when we teach um, we, we try to teach based on the context so that it's easy to understand what we are talking about we don't jump into conclusion so we peel it gradually by context if you look at what happened the chapter before these imageries were used that's speaking about chapter 9 you will see how a miracle had happened a notable miracle had happened jesus christ had healed a man that had no right to be healed what am i talking about the bible says this man was born blind john chapter 9 this man was born what born blind and his disciples had come to him and say oh this man who sinned is it his father is it him jesus said no 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 this has nothing to do with sin oh yes there are times we suffer calamities there are times we we have an issue there are times we have a problem and it is a sin problem and there are many of such examples in scriptures where jesus say oh go and sin no more after he hit somebody meaning that part of the reason why you are in this condition may be because of a sin that you have had and jesus christ as god knew those people in and out he had their dossiers he knew what they have done he knew how they went into what they went into he knew that the sickness or the disease that they were having was as a consequence of sin 
But this was different. So in this man's case, Jesus said, no, this has nothing to do with sin. It's for God's glory to be revealed. And of course, Jesus ministered to him. He called the man. The man was of age. He called the man. And the Bible says he spat on the floor. And he made uh, some clay out of the dust and the sputum. And he anointed the eyes of the man. You know, when we say anointing, he didn't use oil. Eh? Anoint means to rub a substance on the surface. That's what anoint means. So when you say somebody's anointed, you rub something. And so you can rub water. You can rub olive oil. You can rub saliva and mud. As is in this case. So the Bible says he anointed the eyes of the man. And after he did that, he told him, Go to the pool Siloam. But that is the, the word Siloam means saints. That is, there is a saint place for you to receive the completion of that miracle. So he sent him to the pool saint. That is the pool Siloam. So he sent him to Siloam. He said, go there and wash. Of course, the man must have found a tour guide or he must have used his stick. Maybe it was a place that was familiar. So the man found his way to the pool. He washed there. And he came back seeing. Wow! Everyone was amazed. And so the man came back and there was an argument. Oh, is it the same man who used to sit here and beg? Some said it's him. Some said, mm, it looks like him. We are not sure. So the Bible says, then the Pharisees, the Jews, they went to accost the man and said, Guy, what happened to you? Well, you know the man who used to sit here, this man, you were born blind. How come you are now seen? And the man began to explain to them. See, I, I don't understand. What I understand is that I used to be blind, but now I can see. And you know, there was a theological debate. Everybody was, you know, arguing, oh, this man must have been a man from God, having been able to do this. Someone said, no, 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 you can't be a man from God. This man that claims um, there is a man from God and is violating our Sabbath, he cannot be a man from God. So the Pharisees were arguing with him, how can you do this on the Sabbath? Because that event was on a Sabbath. It was on a day that nobody should work. A holy day. So they had esteemed the day more than the good work that Christ did on such a day. So there was an argument and then after the long debate they took the man to his parents and they wanted to go and interview his parents that's the pharisees the jews they had authority in the synagogue in fact they had said if anybody should say jesus christ was christ that they would not allow them to fellowship or worship in their synagogues anymore so they went to the man's house and they were asking him asking the parents this is your son you attest that he was born blind or say yes we know was born blind how come he's seen i said well we don't know how come he's seen but we know that he was blind and we, we see now that he can see he's of age you can ask him so they asked him and the man said well i think he's a prophet <laughs> so, come on get out of this place how can he be a prophet blah 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 so it was against the backdrop of this when the pharisees were now engaging jesus and say jesus stay out of this you are a sinner because you definitely violate our sabbath so we have authority over these people and we decide what is right. The man was trying to preach to the Pharisees and say, you know, you can't preach to us. We are your leaders. We are your leaders. We are the ones who have spiritual oversight over you. It was against that backdrop that Jesus now began to speak to the Pharisees. If you read from um, chapter 9 and cross to chapter 10, then you understand who Jesus was addressing. It was the Pharisees he was addressing. So he was giving them this uh, analogy as he began to speak in this verse 1. To say, guys, you need to understand something. So, as mentioned earlier, you will see 
a number of um if you like call them characters as you read through the book of john chapter 10 you see sheep you will see shepherds you see thieves you see hirelings you see the dog about five kinds of um images used so i want to focus today on the dog and the sheep and the thief next week i'll go to the shepherd because we can't take all of that in one week we will finish this series on i am next week and we'll finish it by um analyzing the shepherd and bringing out what god wants us to know in the character of christ as the shepherd next week but today let's focus on the other elements so i begin with the first one the sheep so turn your bibles with me to the book of um john chapter chapter 10 so i'm going to have to read through um a couple of verses just to lay a foundation and we, we delve in it says in verse 1 of the book of john chapter 10 most assuredly i say to you he who does not enter the sheepfold by the door but climbs up some other way the same is a thief and a robber but he who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep to him the dog keeper opens and the sheep hear his voice and he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out and when he brings out his own sheep he goes before them and the sheep follow him for they know his voice yet they will by no means follow a stranger but we flee from him for they do not know the voice of strangers jesus used this illustration but they did not understand the things which he spoke to them huh just the way today too we hardly understand when the lord the owner of the ship when he's speaking to us we don't understand what he's saying because he uses illustration our minds are not mature enough for him to speak directly to us most of the time so he uses illustration again they missed the point verse 7 so he moved to another imagery in verse 7 then jesus said to them of course because in verse 6 he said they didn't understand so he wanted you to simplify it and use another imagery so he said, jesus said to them most assuredly i say to you i am the door of the ship oh whoever came before me are thieves and robbers but the ship did not hear them i am the door if anyone enters by me he will be saved and he will go in and out and find pasture the thief does not come except to steal and to kill and to destroy but i have come that they might have life and they may have it more abundantly and it goes on and on i'll stop at verse 10 today because i'm not focusing on verse 11 verse 11 to 18 we'll do that next week this is the background of the story that we're going to be studying today we see here the ship how come we see ship what does ship symbolize if you read all true scriptures from the old testament you will see that god uses the symbol ship to represent his people when i say his people starting from israel if you go to uh, the book of ezekiel let me go to the book of ezekiel chapter 34 ezekiel chapter 34 i'm going to read from verse 11 oh yes bible says for thus says the lord god in it myself will search for my sheep and seek them out as a shepherd seeks 
out his flock on the day he is among his scattered sheep, so will I seek out my sheep and deliver them from all the places where they were scattered on a cloudy and dark day. And I will bring them out from the peoples and gather them from the countries and will bring them to their own land. I will feed them on the mountains of Israel, in the valleys and in the inhabited places of the country. I will feed them in good pasture, and their fold shall be on the high mountains of Israel. There they shall lie down in good fold, and feed in rich pasture on the mountains of Israel. In these four verses, he has mentioned Israel three times. He has used this to symbolize Israel. So whenever you see sheep in scripture, severally all through the Old Testament, you see God using sheep to describe Israel and he himself as their shepherd that is the person who takes them out we see all that scattered all through scriptures if you recall um after the um the parables the explanations that jesus began to give in matthew chapter 24 if you go to matthew chapter 25 also when he was now explaining all the parables around the end time the rapture the second coming the appearing you know and and the great tribulation and all that when you go to uh, chapter 25 you read from verse 32 jesus was saying at the end when i come i will cause there to be a separation between god's people globally that is between the sheep and the goats he said, I will separate them. I will tell the sheep, go to the right. Then go to the left. Then the sheep, I will take them in as my own people. Again, Jesus using the imagery of the sheep for those that will be saved. Do you understand? So we see all true scriptures. Again, um, John chapter 21. The Bible says when Jesus had resurrected. Right? So he, he again appeared the third time to his disciples. And he found that Peter the ringleader of the group had deserted him, had gone back to his trade of fishing, not fishing for men, but fishing for tilapia and sardines and salmons. So Jesus had gone to them and they had been at sea all night and Jesus in the morning had gone to them and had prepared some fish at the shore and he had invited Peter and his friends and they came out. The Bible said they had a long discussion and after food was served, Maybe food was still in Peter's mouth. And Jesus said, Do you love me more than this? Pointing to the fish. And he said, Oh, you know I love you. I said, uh, Take care of my lamb. Take care of my sheep. Take care of my... Feed my, my lamb. You, you remember? So, feed my flock. Feed my sheep. Again, Jesus was using the imagery of sheep to represent God's people. That is, those who follow Jesus. We are likened to sheep. The question is, <laughs> Why does God like calling his people sheep? Oh, there are a lot of similarities between God's people and the animal called sheep. You want to know? Let's take the first one. Like God's uh, people, sheep are a people who need to be led. I've had opportunity of watching documentaries about sheep, uh, then growing up, uh, we have people who rear sheep in the neighborhood. And I know goats are very different from sheep. If you see goats, goats are street savvy. Goats know how to survive. Dogs know how to survive. They are smart. I'm not too sure I've met many smart sheep. They go in group. You see sheep. The truth is, they, 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 they don't have very good vision individually. So if you look at sheep's eyes, their sight is not great. It's not great. So they, they rely on a community. On a community. If you see where goats are crossing the road, goats 
they don't cross the road like together like you know you see a lot of goats filing out no 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 one go to watch the road shine his eyes and cross and run same for dogs but sheep no they go together you will see the the leader you will see the other ones everybody just enters the road cars are coming they enter the road this is what i have seen i don't know if sheep all over the world behave like that but sheep don't look like a people who have what it takes to you know to just exist on their own like ants you know just be self-driven self-motivated self-leading they usually need a leader and this is what we see all through scriptures when you hear sheep almost always within the same passage you're going to hear shepherd there is a need for someone to lead a group of sheep because on their own they have a tendency to go astray they have a tendency to wander into peril they have a tendency to be misled on their own so god usually likens his people to sheep bible says like sheep we all have gone astray you remember exam 53 we all have gone astray it's a tendency to misbehave to go astray let's peel a little further uh, i'm going to read a couple of other verses in scriptures see um matthew chapter 9 i'm going to read verse 36 matthew chapter 9 jesus speaking he said but when he saw the multitudes he was moved with compassion for them because they were weary and scattered like sheep having no shepherd like sheep having no shepherd this is what we see all through scriptures the people are always looking confused whenever there is no shepherd around i go to another reference in the book of numbers numbers chapter 27 numbers 27 i'm going to read verse 17 what does the bible say yes this was moses praying in fact let me start from 15 bible says that moses spoke to the lord saying this was when moses needed to hand over he had finished his ministry he needed to hand over god had told him the end has come for you then moses spoke to the lord saying let the lord the god of the spirit of all flesh set a man over the congregation who may go out before them and go in before them who may lead them out and bring them in that the congregation of the lord may not be like sheep which have no shepherd and the Lord said to Moses, Take Joshua the son of Nun with you, a man in whom is the Spirit, and lay your hands on him, set him before Eleazar the priest, and before the congregation, and inaugurate him in their sight, and you shall give him some of your authority, blah, blah, blah. And we, we see other principles here about leadership and handing over or spiritual authority, which is not our subject for today. What am I saying? Moses knew that, see, God, you have used me to bring out these people from the land of bondage, Egypt, to the wilderness, but these people, with, this wilderness is not their final destination. There is a connecting flight from here. They need to go to the final destination, which is the land of Canaan. The land you promised Abraham that you are going to give to these people. But they cannot go there alone if you don't put a man in charge of them. Oh, the people of God are the flock. They are the sheep. But among the sheep, you need to appoint one of the sheep as shepherd to lead them. To stay in front. You put your spirit on that sheep. And then so that that sheep can lead them. Of course, you are the good shepherd who leads that leading sheep. Do you understand? So, Moses was asking God, God, you need to put one man in front so that he can lead these people. Otherwise, they'll be misled. 
and even Jesus Christ in the book of Ephesians chapter 4 verse 11 he did not leave us without leaders Bible says when he was leading he said he went down he descended and when he ascended he obtained gifts for men and he gave those gifts to the church the church again the flock of Jesus Christ the sheep of Jesus Christ he said hey, I can't leave this flock without leaders so he gave apostles prophets pastors and teachers evangelists he gave people to lead the flock that if you leave these people on their own they are going astray we need people to perfect them to build them up to edify them to train them in the work of ministry to prevent them from being swayed from every wind of doctrine to bring them into maturity until they attain the fullness of the measure of the stature of christ we need to build these people up otherwise they'll go astray this is one reason god likens us to sheep on our own we will go astray like we said in the first point which is there's a need for leadership one other reason why god likens his people to sheep is that we are addicted to those who are in front this one's a very dangerous one we have established that there's a need for somebody to be in front but like sheep we are addicted we are mesmerized we are bewitched by those who are in front if somebody stays in front of the flock whether he's a genuine guy is not a genuine guy sheep because we are not very smart we like to just follow so whoever is in front whether he's a thief is a wolf is whatever or is a correct shepherd we just like to follow we are obedient why because we need guidance we don't see well so we just follow and sometimes we follow blindly you will see in scriptures how people are followed anyhow the book of numbers chapter 16 i don't have time to read all that today if you go from verse 19 to verse 27 you will see that there was a rebellion against moses remember moses had been the leader who brought israel out as a shepherd he brought them out of the house of bondage in egypt he had brought them to the wilderness and in the course of time some other shepherds in quotes Datan, Korah, and Abiram. The Bible says they were Levites. They were people who also had, you know, some pedigree. They were people who were descendants of Levi, like Moses. Moses was a Levite. So they said, We too, we have some spiritual authority. It's not only you that can be in this ministry and parade yourself as prince, as, as leader, as president over these people. We too, God speaks to us, doesn't He? So the Bible said they began to lead a rebellion. What shocked me, if you go to from verse 19, what shocked me, the Bible says the congregation followed them. I'm like, how easy is this? A man that labored, brought you out, you saw the miracles. Before your very eyes, the Red Sea parted. Before your, red, your very eyes, man that came from heaven, you were being fed supernaturally. And you left that man. Because some sweet stalkers, some smart Levites, have come and they have set up a parallel ministry and they have begun to sway the people the bible says the congregation followed them and god said no problem let them follow them let me destroy all of them the bible says moses began to intercede and say god don't do it don't do it please don't let the sin of this few make you destroy everybody and god said okay fine go and tell them those who want to stay on the path of righteousness let them leave these rebels so Moses went to appeal to them and say, see, those of you who are on the, the Lord's side, come to my side here. 
so that we will know those who serve God and those who don't. Bible says a remarkable thing happened that day. The ground opened and swallowed up Datan, uh, Abiram, and Korah and their relatives because only their relatives stayed with them. The other people left them. Immediately, Moses went to talk and said, guys, if you don't want to die, come here. Again, he said, the congregation, they also left <laughs> Korah, Datan, and Abiram and they followed Moses. The people are, they are easily swayed. Just tell them something that makes sense. They follow you. Another person will come and tell them something. They follow him. Last week, we are doing Easter. Remember part of the stories of Easter. The week before Easter, the Bible says there was a triumphant entry into Jerusalem. They were shouting, Hosanna, save us, son of David, our Messiah has come. Bible said they were putting cloth on the front. They were cutting palm fronts. The children were singing. The people were hailing him. He was on a donkey. They were praising him. Our deliverer has come. Our Messiah has come. A few days later, the same mob were swayed by the leaders, the chief priests, to say, give us Barabbas instead of Jesus Christ. The same people, very easy to sway very easy i don't have time to read it go and read the book of mark chapter 15 it starts from verse 11 you read up to uh, verse 13 you will see how easy it is to confuse the people very easy they said give us a criminal criminal over christ why the leaders these thieves these fake shepherds these other people they switch them and say demand for a criminal ask that the christ be crucified and they began to shout crucify him crucify him crucify him and some days before you were shouting hosanna hosanna the people are gullible anybody can leave them if you know what to say you can lead the people of god and we have seen people of god eating grass people of god they will say bring your head they will wash your head inside church i saw one a couple of weeks ago somebody will put water in his mouth and he will be spitting of people's heads and you know you just bring them in fact there was one lady he removed the wig and spat on his head in the name of what exactly and you are following why do, do they have congregation yes the people of god are very gullible i'm sorry to say this but this is who we are we can follow just anybody just anybody if they know what to say another reason why we are liking to ship it's because God's people are valuable, yet vulnerable. Oh, we don't know our value. God sees our value. That's why the Bible says he will leave the 99 and go and chase one. Why? The soul of that one sheep is very valuable. You cannot replace it. If it, it had been only one sheep on planet Earth, Jesus would still have come to die. So the sheep of Christ, the people of God are valuable. But it's not only Christ that sees the value. The, value. the enemy also sees the value. And that's why you will see the enemy will come in sometimes as wolves. They will disguise imposters. They will come in and wear sheep clothing so that they can mingle with us. And then they will stay in front of us and then begin to lead us and then begin to feast on us. Sometimes they don't even pretend. They come in as outright lions roaming about seeking whom they might devour. So they come to the church and begin to devour people. Some stay outside of the church and roar against God's people and devour God's people. They set up their parallel ministries, antichrist ministries, to attack the people of God. It's normal. Why? They have seen value. They want to destroy value. They want to steal value. They want to kill value. This is what they do. And that's what the Bible was referring to in chapter 10, verse 10. It said the thief 
when he comes, he has threefold mission. To kill, to steal, to destroy. So we have seen the ship. Can we take a look and put our microscope on the thief? Another analogy in this parable is the thief. Okay. So what does Bible say about this thief? Let's go back to our text in the book of John chapter 10. Book of John chapter 10. We're going to read verse 1. Very deep truths exposed here in the very first verse. Many times we miss this truth. Jesus speaking to Pharisees. And he says, Most assuredly, I say to you, He who does not enter the sheepfold by the door, but climbs up some other way, the same is a thief and a robber. Wait a minute. Is Jesus saying that it is possible to have access to the sheepfold, that is the people of God, without being the shepherd that that is can somebody else other than the shepherd have access to the sheep the answer is very clear and it is a yes from this verse jesus is saying it is possible for another group of people who are not the shepherd they are called thieves and robbers to have access to the sheepfold that is the sheepfold is a place where you keep the sheep a place where you secure where you keep the flock the sheep he said it is possible for someone else who is not the shepherd someone who is called a thief and robber to have access to that place and he said number two it is possible for such people to enter through some other means apart from the door we will come to the door later but just hold this thought now he said it is possible for a people who are called thieves to find another way to enter into the place where sheep are kept the sheep of Christ where they are kept he said it's possible for some other ways to lead to where God's people are kept this one is very deep he said there are some other ways that you can become a pastor a shepherd normally it's a shepherd that you have access to the sheep to lead them, right? The shepherd, another word for shepherd is pastor. The person who brings the sheep to pastures is called a pastor or a shepherd. The one who leads the herd of sheep, right? A herd of sheep. You know, we talk about herd immunity, herd mentality where a group of people just move together, right? So he said it's possible that you can gain access to pastoring other than going through me the door that is jesus christ and this is what he was telling the pharisees in this verse one he said i know you you guys are not the shepherds yes these people are my people they are the people of god they are the people that i heal they are the people that i teach they are the people that i minister to they are the people that i have raised from death they are the people whose eyes have opened as is this in this instance they are my people he said, but you Pharisees, you are thieves and robbers. You have managed to gain access to these people. You have managed to parade yourself as their leaders. Because you tell them, if you believe Jesus will take you out of the synagogue, you will not follow, you will not follow us to worship in this place. If you claim that this Jesus Christ is a man sent from God, we will excommunicate you from our community, from our religion. We will victimize you. 
He said, you are the thieves. You have gained access to this sheepfold via a means other than me because you don't believe me. And you need to read chapter 8, chapter 9 to understand. There have been a long debate. He has been having a debate with them. He said, you guys don't believe me. You, are, you belong to your, your father, the devil, the liar. Starting from verse 8, you know, when he began to teach them, when they brought a woman caught in adultery to him. And he began to tell you guys, you belong to your, your father, the devil. He is a liar. You guys are liars. You are a bunch of liars. You are thieves. Just like him. You are a killer, murderer, just like him. As he killed Adam, spiritually speaking. He said, that's who you are. That's why you don't listen to me. And then you prevent the sheep from having access to me. The real door. The real shepherd. You prevent them. You parade yourselves as shepherds over them. Why? You access this, this um, sheep. You access them through your social religious class. And that is one way to access leadership in church. To become a pastor. You can do so through your social economic, social religious class. There are people who have no business whatsoever, whatsoever in the business of souls, in pasturing souls, in watching after souls. But, but because they have gone to certain places, they have gone to certain schools, they have gone to certain seminaries, they have gone to certain Bible colleges. Oh, you think it's everybody that goes to Bible college that is interested in souls? No. There are people who have gone to Bible colleges, they are antichrist, they themselves. They have done so so that they cannot pose the faith. They have done so because there seems to be money in ministry. That's why they have gone there. They did not go because of the soul. But having come out of that place, they will be inaugurated. They will do a convocation. Everybody will see them wearing the regalia. So it gives them access to the pulpit. Because they have gone to so, so, so and so place. They have gone to this school of ministry. They have become sons of prophets in so, so, so seminary. In so, so, so place where they have been trained for ministry. So you can actually wriggle your way through those places. Even though you are a thief. But you go there and graduate. So that you can have some legitimacy. Towards gathering God's people. God's sheep and misleading them. Perpetrating the objectives of the thief on them. So the Pharisees are like that. They were a religious class of people. Always dressed in a particular way. Jesus was very angry with them. In Matthew chapter 23. Jesus began to curse them. He said, woe to you, Pharisees and scribes. Woe to you, teachers of the Lord. Because you put bodies on the people and you will never lift one with your finger. You keep saying the right things, but you never do the right things. He told the people. He said, follow them for the right things they say. But don't follow them in the wrong things they do. He said, these people are ravenous wolves. They are only out to devour you. So some people claim some other way. There's some other way of social-religious access to the sheepfold and they claim legitimacy another way that people climb up to gain access to people God's people they become pastors over God's people it's through family ties oh my father was a pastor therefore I am a pastor my father has died now therefore I inherit the ministry no ministry is not by inheritance it's not hereditary automatically People are called into it. No man takes this honor unto himself. No. People are called into it. Remember Eli. He had children who were in the priestly profession, if I may use the word. But 
The Bible says uh, they were not doing things that were right before God. And so God terminated that line. It's not because Eli is a priest and prophet over the people that his children must necessarily become priest and prophet over the people. God gave us that example. Even Samuel. God chose little boy Samuel under the household of Eli. And he grew up. His own sons too. Samuel's own sons. The Bible says they were not like Samuel. They did not follow the Lord the way Samuel followed. God did not force them on the people. No, God didn't force them on the people. Today what do we see? Oh, I'm a woman of God. God has called me into ministry. I take the title reverend. Then my husband must come into ministry. I'll give him the title bishop. So we put two, two chairs. I don't even know if it's a chair or a throne now. We put two thrones in front of the church. And we'll begin to pastor the church. Did God call your husband? He called you, but he didn't call your husband. No, it's not hereditary. It's not marital. It's not. So some people, because a relative is in ministry, husband or wife or parent or child, they drag themselves and lord it over the people. When the man or woman that God called is no more, then they take over to continue to lead. No, you are climbing through some other way. Did the shepherd call you into that work to lead these people? Or did a will, it was in the will that I, as the leader of the church, when I die, let my son continue the ministry. Is that what brought you? It's another way. You climb through some other way. Not through the door. Did you have an encounter with the door? Were you called in? Did you go through the door? And that's why some people are frustrated. It's not them God called. God called somebody related to them. The person God called has died. Please, can you shut the ministry? If you cannot find another person that God will call to lead them. You don't have to force yourself. So some have forced themselves. And they see that this thing is not easy. Oh, you think it's easy to pastor? It's not. So they begin to look for some other means. They find some other ways. They go and look for magic to continue. They go and look for other skills to continue to manipulate the people. Some have accessed this door to the ship. Through other means, wealth, through fame, through charisma. They have the gift. They can talk very well. They are superstars. They've done one, one uh, publicity program before. They've blown. Everybody knows them. So they write on that wave to go and start a ministry. That's not how to start a ministry. That's not how to shepherd God's people. It takes more than oratory, ability to speak frankly, convincingly, to speak in a way that charms people. It takes more than that to pastor God's people. It takes more than that. Some other people have gone to the extreme. They enter into the sheepfold by occultism. God didn't call them. They know it. Even the people know it. But the people cannot be bothered because there is results. There's results. It's a man of signs and wonders. Miracles are being wrought. Miracle money is coming. Eyes are popping open. Legs are coming up. Stretchers are falling down. You know, people are rising from the dead. Even though when we stage some of these things. Or sometimes... It even happens originally. Right? It does. So some say it's, it's, it's one very easy way to enter this, this sheepfold. Let me go and get powers from the occultic world. And use it to mesmerize the people. But we've got to be careful. We need to shine our eyes as a sheep. I know we don't see well, but we need to open our eyes. So that the true shepherd can expose those impostors and thieves who come in his name. To defraud the system. There's a very dangerous theology I ran into while studying this book of John again. If you go to John chapter 9, 
read from verse 13 to 17. The Bible says, They brought him, still speaking about the man who was born blind that Jesus healed. The Bible says, They brought him who was formerly blind to the Pharisees. Now, it was a Sabbath. When Jesus made the clay and opened his eyes, then the Pharisees also asked him again, how he had received his sight. He said to them, he put clay on my eyes and I watched and I see. Now, don't they hear something? Verse 16. The Bible says, therefore, some of the Pharisees said, listen, this man is not from God. Why? He said, because he does not keep the Sabbath. Hold that one. But other people said, how can a man who is a sinner do such signs? And there was a division among the people. Same um, chapter 9. If you go to verse 33. Verse 33 says, If this man were not from God, he could do nothing. That is to say, these signs you are seeing give him credibility that he is from God. Um, if you go to chapter 10, verse 21. The same theology is being pushed forward. Huh? Verse 21 says, Others said, These are not the words of one who has a demon because they have said Jesus had a demon. Hmm? Say, Can a demon open the eyes of the blind? So again, you see this theology. Two things I need you to observe here. This theology is saying, Somebody who is not religious is definitely not from God, even if he's a man of God. And he is in ministry. As long as he does not follow our religious rules. As long as he's not an extremist like us. Oh, Jesus wasn't saying there was anything wrong with the Sabbath. In fact, Sabbath was part of the Ten Commandments. God gave it. But he was saying, you need to understand the spirits behind Sabbath. Not just the letter of Sabbath. But the spirit behind Sabbath. Is God saying... and. As you practice, if your animals fall into a ditch on the Sabbath, is he saying, leave the animal there, let it die? No, definitely not. And as you do, you go there and pick your animal from the pit on the Sabbath. And you don't think there's anything wrong with that by doing that. He said, but this man, this woman, this daughter of Abraham, on Sabbath day, has been crippled. And I have an opportunity of healing her on Sabbath day, as he healed that woman who was bent on Sabbath day. He said, should I leave her and not eat her just because it's Sabbath? I am not an extremist. I respect Sabbath. But the Sabbath was made for you. Not you for the Sabbath. You need to understand. I am the author. So I'm telling you the spirit behind Sabbath. So they had a problem with him. Just like some people have a problem with some men of God today. Just because this man of God is not your conventional man of God. Oh, the day is doing service is different from the day you think service should be done. The time is doing service is different from when you think service should be done. The way a manner is doing ministry is different from the way a manner you think ministry should be done. You label him, it's not from God. In fact, they, they said, this man, we don't know where he's from. Oh, we don't know where he's from. We don't know where he came from. He just came from nowhere. Just because you don't know where he's from does not mean that nobody knows where he's from. So you label him. And that's what they did to Jesus. They said, be careful. Don't mislabel people just because you don't understand why they are doing what they are doing, the way they are doing it. He said, but there is the other extreme where you confer credibility to people just before, because they can perform science. So the man who was healed, he was sharing testimony. And we see a lot of this. You see testimony on TV. Somebody has gone to a crusade. They have received healing. And they come 
Ah, the man of God said this and it happened. Therefore, it's a man of God. Mm -mm, mm -mm, mm -mm. We understand that you had a problem and the problem has disappeared. The problem can disappear from different sources. It's not only God that operates in the supernatural. Hello? It's not only God. Demons and those who consult the occultic one can receive power to do supernatural things, including healing. Including healing. So don't be deceived just because there is healing. Just because we know truly this man was blind and now he sees. It doesn't mean that the person who healed him is necessarily from God. It doesn't mean. God didn't tell us we would know them by their gifts. Matthew chapter 7. He said by their fruits. Fruits. Not by their leaves. Not by how beautiful the environment of the church looks like. No. Not by how the choir dresses or how the ushers dress. No. Not by the number of times they prophesy accurately. Oh. Excuse me. Let me quickly read Matthew chapter 7. Just to buttress this point. See what the master says from verse 15. Jesus himself speaking. He said, beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ravenous wolves. You will know them by their fruits. Do men gather graves from thumb bushes or figs from thistles? Even so, every good tree bears good fruit, but a bad tree bears bad fruit. A good tree cannot bear bad fruit, nor can a bad tree bear good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Therefore, by their fruits, you will know them. Say, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven. But he who does the will of my Father in heaven. Verse 22 is a very scary verse for me. Listen. It says, many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name? Cast out demons in your name. And done many wonders in your name. And I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. I was thinking Jesus would say, Sorry, we did not prophesy in my name. He didn't argue with them. Are the prophecies accurate? Mm -hmm. It can be accurate, but there is spiritual information in the spiritual realm. And it can come from the evil part of the realm. And it can come accurately. Remember that little girl that was running after Paul and speaking correctly. These men are from God and they bring the message of the truth. What she's saying is correct. But the source is not correct. The source was from familiar spirits. So Jesus did not dispute what they said. We prophesied your name. He said, thank God. You prophesied. Your prophecy was accurate. I don't have a problem with it. He said, in fact, we cast out demons in your name. For those of you that think you cannot cast out demons with demonic spirits, he said you can do it. You can do it. And that counteracts the theology that was being propounded in that John 10, 21. No, can a demon cast out demon? Demon can cast out demon. As long as you can get deceived and they can get you to do something wrong later, they can cast out demons. They are working together. They can fool you. So he said, we cast out demons in your name. He said, good. You can cast out demons. You can do deliverance. You can have that deliverance ministry. He said, oh, we, in fact, we did wonders. Mm, sorry. Many wonders. <laughs> not fluke. Not once. He said, we did many wonders in your name. He said, good. I am not disputing that you did wonders in my name. But sorry. I never knew you. You will practice lawlessness. So be careful. There are still thieves. Wonder performing thieves. Yes. Prophecy giving thieves. Yes. 
demon chasing thieves yes that's what the bible says so be careful we must discern them the thief still has the same objective john chapter 10 verse 10 to steal to kill to destroy the first thing they want to steal is your heart second samuel if you go to verse 15 read from verse 1 to 6 absalom the bible says he positioned himself to steal the heart of the people that was his job he wanted to to steal the seats of david the king hmm? but he had to first steal the heart of the people so this is what they do they also come in they manipulate us with lies they steal our heart once you can steal somebody's heart you can steal his treasures huh? if you succeed you see where a man's heart is that's where his treasure will be and where his treasure is that's where his heart will also be they go together so if you manage in stealing my heart you can take my treasure that's why someone who is a thief in the name of pastor we come because he has stolen your heart he can ask you to bring your car you will bring it he can ask you to bring your money you will bring it they will sell to you david's key for thousands of naira you will buy it they've stolen your heart already so stealing your money is easy once they've stolen your heart once they've stolen your heart they will give you all sorts of things to do you will do it you will sell your house you give it to them you will sell your body you give it to them in the name of anointing you will sleep with them they have stolen your heart already that's why so they come they steal the heart of the people they steal the people's resources but they don't stop there they kill them too ezekiel chapter 34 ezekiel 34 i read part of it earlier i deliberately skipped a part I'll go back to the part I skipped. 34, I'm going to read from verse 7. The Bible says, Therefore, you shepherds, hear the word of the Lord. As I live, says the Lord God, Surely, because my flock became a prey, and my flock became food for every beast of the field, because there was no shepherd, nor did my shepherd search out for my flock, but the shepherds fed themselves and did not feed my flock. Therefore, O shepherds, hear the word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord God, Behold, I am against the shepherds, and I will require my flock at their hand. I will cause them to cease from feeding the sheep, and the shepherds shall feed themselves no more. For I will deliver my flock from their mouth, that they may no longer use them as food. The Bible says there are some who pretend to be shepherds. They are the ones that are killing the sheep. Some of them, like I said before, because they are into occultic practices, they need some sheep for sacrifice from now and then. Have you not heard about how you go to a church? They'll say, oh, they arrested a pastor under the altar. They found a baby or they found a pregnant woman. That pregnant woman, that baby, at some point might have been a sheep. Someone who believed in them. They lured them, them killed them and used them for rituals. Some of them outrightly use their sheep. They use them as food for their devil, the master that they serve. They trade the souls of, of the flock. They use them for evil practices. Some, not that they use them directly, but because they don't have any business being in the business of souls, they don't know what it takes to be a shepherd. So they are negligent. They are negligent because they found their way through some other means. They are negligent. So they allow praise from outside to come and feast 
on the flock. Of course, when the shepherd is wayward, this thief shepherd is wayward, living loosely. He cannot pray. He cannot watch over the people. He is living in sin. Why will the wolves and the lions not come into the sheepfold and devour the sheep? So this happens. The sheep get killed as a result of having thieves at the end of affairs instead of shepherds. Do you understand? Are you with me? The Bible says uh, there's not just two functions of the thief. Apart from stealing, killing, he said they are also there to destroy. Ah, this one is very deep. They are there to destroy. Today we have many churches. Churches are multiplying. But as churches are multiplying, if we multiplying the land, do you know why? Many people who are in front as shepherds, they are actually thieves. By reason of what they are feeding the flock, they are destroying them. They are feeding them poisons. Feeding them poisons. The people are under a spell. Let me read um, Jeremiah chapter 23. Jeremiah 23. Go with me to verse 9. What does the Bible say? This was the prophet Jeremiah lamenting. He said, my heart within me is broken. Because of the prophets, all my bones shake. I am like a man drunken, like a man whom wine has overcome because of the Lord and because of his holy words. He said, for the land is full of adulterers. Please follow me. For because of the curse, the land mourns, the pleasant places of the wilderness are dried up. Their cause of life is evil and their might is not right. He said, there is a lot of perversion in the land. The land is full of adulterers. A couple of days back, we saw the, the video of a 10-year-old. We have heard all kinds of things about it. These things don't happen just like that. They are a product of a society that has become decadent. A society that has plenty of churches. By the way, churches no longer preach the truth. Anything goes. We have turned our pupils to places where we preach mammon. We exalt mammon. We embrace immorality. And we are surprised that these things are happening. We have pushed the limit of prosperity beyond what is reasonable. And now every young man wants to be a cultist in the name of Yahoo Yahoo. Stealing pants, stealing pads, stealing pampas. All because we want to make some pepper. I, we are not even ashamed. We come to social media, we flaunt it. Everybody knows that this money, you cannot explain it. We come to social media to flaunt it. Why? Because that's what our churches do. That is what our pastors do. They are celebrities. They come. They show themselves and their wealth. Not the wealth of the knowledge of Christ. They have nothing to offer us in the word of God. Nothing to offer us. Verse 11 says, For both prophet and priest, they are profane. Yes, in my house I have found their wickedness, says the Lord. Therefore their way shall be to them like slippery ways. In the darkness shall they be driven and fall in them. For I will bring disaster on them. The year of punishment, says the Lord. And I will, and I have seen the folly in the prophets of Samaria. The, they prophesied by Baal and caused my people Israel to err. He said they made my people to make a mistake. These ones, they have destroyed them with their wrong doctrines. They make the people to make mistakes. I say also, I have seen a horrible thing in the prophets of Jerusalem. They commit adulteries and walk in lies. Prophets, prophets. He said they commit adultery and walk in lies. 
they also strengthen the hands of the evil doers. Is that these men? They are the ones who strengthen the hands of evil doers. They are the ones who pray for people who are doing Yahoo Yahoo Plus. They are the ones who pray for people who are doing prostitution. They are the ones who pray for those who are doing crime and money laundering. They are the ones who pray for them. He said, we strengthen their hands. Judgment is coming. To the thieves who gain access to the sheepfold by some other means. He says, I am the door, but they refuse to come through me. They jump the fence so that they can have access to you to destroy you. Verse 7 to verse 9. He says, I am the door. Those who walk through me, anyone who walks through me, he said they will be saved. They will go in and out and they will find pasture. Jesus, like he was saying in that John chapter 14, verse 6, which we taught a couple of weeks back, saying I am the way, the truth and the life. He's saying I am a specific, definite door. I am not just any other door. There is no other door. If any other person gains access and they didn't gain it through me, they are thieves and robbers. I am the one you should build relationship with. Not religion. Not religion. Church cannot save you. Only Christ can save you. You should come through me. He said, because if you come through me, the needs that you have, the needs that everybody has, will be met. What are those needs? He said, if you come through me, you will find security. I will be the one to protect you. I will protect you from harm. It's not amulets that will protect you. It's not that wristband that will protect you. It's not that rosary that will protect you. It's not that crucifix that will protect you. I am the one that protects the sheep. Those who come in through me, come into a safe and secure place. I am the one that can shield you. You will find sustenance by following me, by coming into me. You will have an encounter and have access to pasture. By going through me, you will have access to pasture. Again, I'm the good shepherd. And I will talk about that next week. He said, I will lead you to where you find pasture. Pasture for your spirit. Pasture for your soul. Pasture for your body. I'm the one that will bring it to you. I am the bread of life. I will feed you. Spirit, body, and soul. And that's what salvation is about. He said, but beyond that, I will give you a sense of true freedom. You'll be able to walk in and out. You'll be free from sin. You'll be free from oppression. Because he who the son set free. John chapter 8. Verse 36. He is free indeed. He is free indeed. You will come to meet me the truth. And you will find truth. And then that truth will bring you freedom. If you come through me the door. You will find peace. You will find joy. But not everyone will find that door. Because that door is narrow. That door is a straight way. That door is not popular. In some versions you have here in what we have in John chapter 9 to say, I am the door. You say, I am the gates to the ship. You say, I'm that narrow gate. Matthew chapter 7. I'm that narrow gate. Not everyone will find me. But I need to be found. I'm not everywhere. You must have a relationship with me. I am the door. If you're going to have eternal security, if you're going to be saved eternally, if your name will be in the Lamb's book of life, you must enter through the door. The door is one, not many. And in case you don't know the door, I introduce you today the door. His name is Jesus Christ. He's the one who has the true legitimacy of claim over the sheep. He's the real good, true shepherd. He's the one that has the sheep. He's the one who laid his life for the sheep. Who resurrected so that he can bring the sheep into a new life. If you have not met Jesus, I invite you today. 
It's not people you need to follow, but it's him. You follow Jesus. He's available to you. And he's at the door. He is the door, but he's at the door still knocking. He said, would you want to come in? Can I also come in? Because I need you to abide in me and I need to abide in you. Can we form a collaboration? Can we have a partnership? Can we sign an agreement? It's already written in my blood that those who come to me, I will in no means cast away. The Bible says, whoever. It didn't say those who are righteous. It doesn't matter what sin you have committed. It doesn't matter what sin you are committing. He said, if you will come through me, the true door. He said, you will find salvation. You will find sustenance. You will find security. And you will find true freedom. Because only in me can it be found. Can you please bow your heads as we pray this morning. I especially invite those of us who might not have met Jesus. I invite you to pray this prayer this morning and say, Lord, reveal yourself to me. I want to come in through the door. I belong under the spell of thieves and robbers. But I want to meet you the true door. The true shepherd. The one who truly owns the sheep. I want to leave my hand, my life in your care. Pray. And for those of us who are already saved, I want you to pray that you will be discerning. That you will be discerning. You will not become prey in the hand of the enemy who comes as a thief. To kill, to steal and destroy. That you will not find yourself as a prey in the end of the enemy. In the name of Jesus. Our Father, we bless your holy name. We thank you for the privilege of your word today. We pray, Lord God, that we will not be derailed. That we will not be deceived by signs. We will not be deceived by wonders and miracles and prophesying. But we will be able to discern by the fruits. And do not follow those who are not the shepherd. We will follow you, the true shepherd. Till the very end of age. In the name of Jesus. Thank you precious Redeemer. In Jesus mighty name we pray. Please join us next week. As we bring this series to a close. Invite your friends. Share this message. And the Lord bless you as you listen to the announcements that come after. Thank you for listening. To get copies of messages. Kindly visit our ministry material store. And also worship with us at Foundation of Truth Assembly Headquarters. On 40 stroke 42 Imam Dowder Street. Of Eric Mosso, Lagos. God bless you.